2: Guys, are you looking for that extra confidence when it's time to have fun? Let me tell you about BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. BlueChew's tablets help men combat all forms of ED. Blue Chew is also an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part, all done online. Blue Chew's tablets, made in the United States, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code URBAN at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com promo code URBAN to receive your first month free. Empire.
0: All right, ready to show. Thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene.
3: You are listening to the urban sports scene with Will T, Ray Jeezy, and myself, Bole, and we are part of Ampire Media at ampiremedia.com. What's going on, fellas?
1: I was going to let Ray start first.
4: I'm good. It's just, this is the time of the year for me as a casual baseball fan where we don't have a lot going on in sports. So being here to talk with you, to to talk sports with you guys is amazing. And we can come up with our own topics. We can just make the summer dope because what's going on until basically NFL preseason outside of the Nationals and Orioles, which, come on now, (laughs) that speaks for itself. So you guys are a big baseball fan, so maybe I don't agree with me, but. It's good to be here for that reason.
1: As always, I'm blessed and I'm happy to be on this podcast talking with my brothers about sports. I actually attended the Something in the Water festival this past weekend. Um, <laughs> it was great, it was interesting. So it, it was a it was a great setting, man. It was it was great to see all those people from all over, you know, different ethnicities and you know. Various cities and states come together and just peacefully celebrate a festival of culture and music. Man, it
4: was dope. Shout out to Pharrell. I know laid didn't attend Mochella <laughs> He can't no. stand the term Mo. I hate that.
3: <laughs> and folks and folks were uh, shooting up in the, up there too.
4: Yeah, it's terrible.
3: It's terrible, man. And I actually thought about going to U Street too. That's th- I actually thought about going there. I real talk. I did. I thought about it.
4: Glad you didn't go. I'm
3: really? Too. Yeah, I thought about it. Mm-hmm.
1: My- <clears throat> Why did what what kept you from going?
3: Uh, crowd, I don't like crowds. And I didn't like it. Plus it was on, you know, I mean, it was still on, it was Juneteenth. I don't trust people anymore, to be totally honest with you. So I wasn't surprised that the crowd like that went down. It sucks to say that, so, but I wasn't surprised.
1: I mean, what's kind of, let's go deeper into this. What's kind of <sighs> taking away your trust in people? Is it like the whole handling of the pandemic or is it just, you know, Things you see on the, I'm talking about the TV Gundy. and oh. being society. Right, it's a
4: holiday. People looking for clout. clout. Yeah, that's all.
3: That you know, just things that happen. Like in terms of <laughs> crowd, you know, crowd. Like without getting all into it, folks in in crowd areas, you just seems like you may be more of a target. Target. Yeah, I
4: agree because on nine eleven, my kids go to school in the district. I always think about man, is somebody going to try to pull off some type of Copycat. mass right, yeah. mm-hmm. shooting or are they going to try to do some type of attack in order to, again, make a name for themselves or whatever the twisted thought process is. So I understand where you're coming
3: yeah, from. Yes, so I just didn't feel like it being on, on – on, And they uh, proved you right, unfortunately. You see the, yeah, it's unfortunate, but, yeah, somebody was being ignorant. So I'm not for the reasons that I thought – you know, for the reasons that I thought was, was the reasons why it went down, but still something somebody was ignorant on that day, so – but, yeah, you, but it's terrible. I know man, but it is what it is. I mean, it's cool. I mean, I feel like safety is good at home.
1: <laughs> so, no, I feel you. I definitely I definitely feel you, man. You
3: know what I'm saying? So, but uh, um Empire Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows such as the John Kine Report hosted by ESPN Washington Commanders Insider John Kine, and Jones Football hosted by USA Today Insider Mike Jones. You can subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, tune in iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search The Urban Sports Scene. Make sure you subscribe to The Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well.
4: And of course, our show, The Urban Sports Scene, can be found on Podcast DC, which is the local app with hundreds of options in local news and health all across the DMV region. Go ahead and download the Podcast DC app to hear all of The Empire shows and, of course, other great content. Don't forget to
1: tweet us at Urban Sports Scene. Hit us up on ig at urban sports scene and like our urban sports scene facebook page also join our urban sports join our uh, our urban sports scene facebook group search urban sports scene sports bloggers sport podcasters and sports debates let's get into our tradition, pre pregame.
3: here's what we have on tap we'll talk about washington wizards guard bradley bill making his decision about his future with the wizards at 8 20 we'll talk about the Warriors winning the NBA Finals. Finally, in our, seg- in our segment, HBCU Corner, we have a pre-taped interview with MEAC Commissioner Sonya O. Steele. Um,
4: yes, sir. <laughs> I, I want to encourage, <laughs> I, I <wanna laughs> encourage people to check out, of course, Chase Hughes on Twitter. Chase Hughes was a guest on our show, Wizards Insider for NBC Sports Washington. And I'm going to quote his Twitter page. And it says this, Wizards president Tommy Shepard is addressing the media right now, says he feels Bradley Beal is much closer to the player he was two years ago than he was last season. Also, quote, we have no problem playing Bradley Beal at point guard, which leads into our first segment because Brad Beal, of course, said that he has made his mind up regarding his decision to sign a five-year deal worth of reported 250 million dollars with the washington wizards or opt out and go elsewhere but of course he's not going to announce it yet do you really expect bradley bill not to sign here based on all that we know in addition to what i just read which were the words of tommy shepherd
1: no i i fully expect him to sign here at the bare minimum um now you know whether he decides to stay here and fulfill, and fulfill that five-year $250 million obligation in D.C., that's a totally different story. We know, I know that um, as recently as yesterday, he's come out and he's pretty much said that he wants to be the Dirk Nowitzki of the Washington Wizards, <laughs> which I think that, I, I mean, I, it's a noble aspiration, but um, I think the difference between him and Dirk is Dirk had An organization that proved at one point during his career they could at least build a championship, at least get to an NBA championship, right? And that's when, you know, that initial loss against the Miami Heat, I believe that was around 2000, I want to say circa 2006 or something like that, or 2005. Um, This team hasn't shown that, you know, from an organizational standpoint, that they can put in the right infrastructure to surround him with a team talented enough to even get past the second round of the playoffs. It's
3: yes, wild. Wow. A lot of people on, on social media, on, especially on IG, they basically think the Brad isn't coming back. Uh, do the homie do on IG said no. Um, you have Mike Knotts says no, he's going to Philly on IG. Um, my man um, Austin says no Lakers, Heat, or Rockets are cool fits for Bradley Bill. Um there's, 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 there's a whole bunch of them, but that's just 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 to, just to name a few. Um, I I think Brad, I think Brad, I think Brad's taking the money. It's 250. I mean, I think he's he's been doing a lot of over the years. He's done a lot of I'm gonna say complaining, but a lot of and to make sure he's gotten getting to his getting to this point where he can get the max deal like he wanted to be all nBA and this that, and the other so he can qualify he's been talking about it and saying he's been he was ripped a couple years ago and why he couldn't wouldn't make him eligible to be all nBA so it's, he's now at the at the point where he can be super max get two hundred and fifty all this is it's here for him so I think he's he wants the money i think to a point I think he does want to be in a situation where he is the guy um all these other situations where You know bradley bill has been linked to would he be the number one no he would be the number two so it goes against what he's been talking about through the last couple of a couple of years that he preferred to be in washington he wants to be the guy that leads the charge not the guy to be the the robin he wants to be the batman so if he wanted to go any other any other location if he wants to win a chip he can't be the number one so at least here he's recognized as the number one and this whole organization is willing to do whatever it takes to keep him here and whatever it takes to build around him
4: we're all naturally competitors and i'm gonna give two hot takes and the reason why i mention us being competitors is because it just is a valid a validation that bradley bill is also a competitor right mm-hmm. he often talks about guys that played for me in st louis two of the biggest names being darius garland and who else Jason Tatum. Tatum. Uh Jason Tatum just led the Boston Celtics historic franchise to the NBA finals and was two games away from winning it as the lead dog. That had to give Brad an incentive to say, you know what, I want to do this on my own in DC. If this young dude who I brought along can do it, so can I. He was also, Jason Tatum being, was also first team All-NBA. He's achieving all of the goals that Brad has sought out to achieve. And again, not to try to necessarily compare the two because they're different players of course yeah. but i'm just saying if, if it's like if i take you to the gym with me Wole, which i did and you start to get ahead of me in terms of how much you lift and how far you can run aside so i'm like oh i gotta step my game up because this is the person i brought in i'm seeing him surpass me so i feel like that's one aspect however if brad bill is going to leave i believe it's for south beach Jawan Howard was in a similar situation. That's the last big free agent that we were anticipating. Is he going to sign in Washington? Where did he sign Miami now? We already know what happened with that, and he ended. Up, he ends up back in Washington. Turned out to be a huge regret for the franchise. <laughs> but regardless, Jawan Howard chose Miami for multiple reasons. LeBron James chose Miami. Miami is a great destination. If you're a free agent, you can get money. It's a beautiful scenery for your family. And from what I hear, it's also, from a cultural standpoint, a good landing spot for many NBA players, of course, who – are African-Americans. So if he's going to leave, it's going to be for the Heat. The Heat were close enough to beating who's Celtics, Jason Tatum Celtics. This year came within a few seconds away from advancing to another NBA Finals. If he's going to leave, that's where he's going to go. However, if he's a real competitor like we all are, he's going to stay watch, and He's going to try to duplicate what Jason Tatum is doing in Boston.
3: Will, you, you got anything you want to say about
1: that? <clears throat> I'll, I'll just say this. It's Okay um you made very valid points right but I- i'll say this
4: you say that so there much comes
1: point, <laughs> no, uh, nah, there comes a you point no no there comes a point where points, but... he, no 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 uh, no that, because you, you did there comes a point that yes you're a competitor and yes you think that you will be the guy that put this to elevate this franchise to another level but at a certain point you know after Bradley Beal signs this contract and he knows he'd be guaranteed $250 million, and you haven't won in the same organization for 10 plus years, there comes a self-realization that, hey, I just can't get it done on my own here as the lead dog, you know, as the only dog in the doghouse. And this organization can't or hasn't shown the ability to provide me with the stars needed to help me elevate this franchise. I have to decide to leave. So and and as you said, you know Miami's a a great option, but you know there you know um, there also other you know there there also other options. I don't necessarily think Philadelphia would be one, but I do think you know uh, organizations such as um, I don't know, maybe the you know no nah, I wouldn't. It's say only Brooklyn
4: and Brooklyn. the Heat. My the Lakers is a graveyard right now. The, yeah, Lakers the, Lakers, Lakers, the Lakers can't really get him. There's no... I know, unless, no, unless we get Russ back here in Washington. Yeah, and I say we meaning in the DMV. Yeah. I'm not saying we the uh-huh. Wizards. Can I go back to something you said earlier though, Will? Yeah, go ahead. You said he possibly will resign, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to stay. And it reminds me of Kevin Garnett. Remember Kevin Garnett re with, with Minnesota, but ultimately he decided to leave <clears throat> later on to get that title he so heavily coveted. I see a similar scenario with Bradley Beal being a guy who wants to be loyal to the D.C. area, be loyal to a franchise, I like Kevin Garnett, but he also wants to win the title. It's, it's certain guys, kind of like Kobe, Jason Tatum has that makeup, where Jason Tatum doesn't look happy to be in the offseason right now after he lost the NBA Finals. There's some guys the very next day, they got shades on, they got their girl, they're on their way to Cabo. They're loving the NBA lifestyle. They're not at all sad that... We didn't win. They're not back in the gym right away, and you have to take a vacation. Don't get it twisted. But I'm just saying, Bradley Bill, he's made. He's he he has that in his DNA to where he wants to win. So I think eventually he'll leave. Now it may not be to the degree of Kobe or Jason Tatum maybe, but because you give me a face, Wale. Well, but I believe he has that drive to win. To win basketball game, he's gotten better every season, every th- year. He gets I better. I
3: think He's an individual player. I don't think he's a, he's got the drive. There's I think there's different for teams success. To yeah, I think there's different oh. levels to it. I think he wants to be. The guy, like I think, Jason Tatum, which I'm gonna give him credit, is that Jason Tatum took, like, if you look through that season and then to the second part, second part of the season when they turned it on, he took on more role of being do whatever it takes to win the to win the basketball game. Like, so I'm not gonna just jack up j- jack up shots. I'm gonna now get players involved. He he changed his game to win to win games. He played defense. Strong at leadership. A high level. Strong
4: leadership. Marcus Smart.
1: Yeah. But but I think what you where, where, where we are failed to put into context is Jason Tatum also has Jalen Brown. Yeah. He also had Robert Williams III. He also had Al Horford. When you Bradley Bill, and to but, his credit, Bradley Bill has become a lot better at being the facilitator and running the offense and creating offense for himself and others off the dribble. Who else does he have? I mean, when you look at the options of, of Christoph of Porzingis, yeah, if you have look at the options of Christoph Porzingis and you look at Kyle Kuzman, no knock against either one of those guys, but they aren't enough. They, well, I'll say this. Kyle Historically, Kuzma, they yeah. have they have not shown enough to be the pieces that will so, make is, you a championship squad. This is
3: the thing, though. See, I think this is my issue. I think people overvalue Bradley Bill then because he's not that guy. Like, Jason Tatum, to me, is a different talent. <laughs> He is. He's a two-way player. He's a different talent. Bradley Bill's a good scorer. He's a guy who worked to be a scorer. He worked on his game in terms of the NBA game, on his patent, everything. Jason Tatum has physical size, youth, skill. He has a lot to his bag that makes him uh, makes him that type of player. I agree with you, Will. Like We all are out here. We tout the whole Jalen Brown. Jaylen, if Jason Tatum had Jalen Brown's dog, he would be like that. He'd be that thorough of a, of a basketball player. But also on the flip side is... When we look at Bradley Bill, like, he has opportunities to to, to to uplift the team. It's like, what do we rank Bradley Bill as a player? Like, we're about to give him $250 million. Like, seriously, real okay, talk. That, we're going to give Bradley that, Bill $250 million to be, but on every other roster, for real, like, name every other roster. Do you, can you win a championship with Bradley Bill? Be real. But, as, as okay,
1: the that's the guy. That, that's, that's, that's a legitimate point. I'm not going to say that's fair as Ray has been saying that I say too much. <laughs> That's a legitimate point, um, but you only said to you, me. But in the context, in the context of elite scoring talent in the NBA, who can create shots for himself and others. Okay. Yes, Bradley Beal may not be um, a superstar, yeah. right? A guy that you put on a team and that team you could pencil him in for forty wins. Uh-huh. But what he is is he's an elite scoring wing talent. It, and those okay. type of guys, that they, they're very few. If we think, I mean, let's just be honest and let's look at, um, if we look at, if we kind of go through the lines of the best two guards in the NBA. Yeah. Um, James Harden is not who he used to be? Yeah. Anthony Edwards is definitely definitely on the upspring. You got Bradley Beal. Um, you could got one right Jimmy right Butler. There. He Jim, Jimmy Butler plays the three. Devin Booker. Devin Booker, Zach Devin, Levine. Okay, you got you Devin Booker. You can Levine. B- B- I mean, but, you, but, but, okay, Zach Levine and and Bradley Bill, those guys essentially are – they're similar in talent. Um, I mean, they're similar from a game perspective yeah, of no what they on. produce. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, Bradley Bill, he does something that is very hard to replicate, and that is be an efficient three-point shooter. And we Not, know the premium that the league puts on that. On that skill set right now,
3: his three point ball this season was, has been low. Was low this year, but I, I, you're right. He's a shooter. He can shoot. Like he had a good J. I'm not going to discount discu- discount his jumper. But I will say this about Bradley Bill: Like we see scores. Like there are scores in the NBA. There are a lot of guys who can score the basketball. Period. And, but at the end of the day, it's just a stat. It's not about. It's not a winning stat. Um, because I, like everybody trashes James Harden. They do. They trash him. But James Harden has, and to be honest with you, we talk about lesser talent. James Harden, before Chris Paul, has had some lesser talented teams in Houston, and has taken that team to the postseason within the Western Conference as a two guard, right? Everybody craps on James Harden in terms of in the postseason how he produces, but he has taken teams with um, with Eric Gordon as a six man, and who's the? They had a. The, they had a. Uh, there's a, stre- a stretch. Uh, A stretch four they used to have on their team, too, but took them to the postseason. It's a white dude. I can't even think of his name. But they used to –
1: Ryan Anderson. Ryan Anderson. Thank you,
3: Ryan Anderson. Thank you. Ryan Anderson. And took that team to the postseason. All I'm saying is, like, Bradley Bill, as a scorer, yeah, he could score. But we all know. We all watch basketball. We know what basketball is. You just can't score the basketball. There's so much more you have to do. And I'm not saying that he doesn't get better every year because Ray's right. He does get better every year. He does. But at the same time, how does that – equal wins. There are guys in this league who score the basketball at a high clip, but don't win games. Devin Booker, who we all like, needed a Chris Paul or whatever to win games. So, what is Bradley Bill, for real, as a... Because we're talking about $250 million. Like, this is what we're yeah, talking but- about. We talk about Otto Porter being overpaid for being a, a, third, a third a third player. But at the end of the day, like, 250 to me, is for superstars. Those are dudes who carry and move oceans. Like, those are 200. That's a 200, That's 250. Steph Curry is 250 plus. Bradley Bill is what? Like, he scores the basketball because Bradley
1: Lee is someone else going to score. One of the things you're failing to take into consideration is when you talk about James Harden is, one, there was a system designed to take care of it, designed to um, accentuate his best talents. That's Great. one. And two, they also put players around James Harden that complimented him and create and helped create that to play into that um sense of philosophy yeah. that they coveted so much in Houston. And and that's what I'm saying. Thus far in Bradley Bill's career, this organization that's hasn't that. shown that they are able to do those two things. I would so argue, I'm not gonna say yeah, I'm I, not gonna oh, I, let me make one I'm more point. I'm sorry, I'm so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that Bradley Bill can beat James Harden at his MVP peak. Yeah. But what I will say is, does Bradley Bill trust this organization to do for him from an offensive, from a coaching perspective and from a front office perspective, what Houston did for James Harden?
3: I'll say this. Bradley Bill should trust this organization because they did what they needed to do so he so he can be so he can get the spotlight. Like he wanted the spotlight. They got rid of the dude that had the spotlight for him. Like he they put players Who they? Who to be honest with you? Who allowed him to do what he what he needed to do just to just to grow his game? He wanted to go one on one with with the rest of the league. He wanted to get the shots. Like you can see it. There are games prior where he'll dribble around, dribble around just to get a shot off. He's got. He has ultimate freedom. He wanted this. Like I think this situation has been posted for him. To me, this situation is built for him.
1: We'll see. Like I said, um, I I fully expect him to sign the five year contract, two hundred fifty million, because you would be a fool not to. <laughs> I know, right? It's just it's, it's just a bad business decision. Yeah. But I don't expect him to fulfill those five years and two hundred fifty million dollars in Washington D.C.
3: I feel you, man. All right, man. We've been t- we talked about Bradley Bill enough. We'll talk about the Warriors <laughs> winning the NBA Finals after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Team.
1: For ages. Yeah, Deuces on Empire Media. That's empiremedia.com.
2: Guys, are you looking for that extra confidence when it's time to have fun? Let me tell you about BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. BlueChew's tablets help men combat all forms of ED. Blue Chew is also an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days, and the best part, all done online. Blue Chew's tablets, made in the United States, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code URBAN at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com promo code URBAN to receive your first month free.
3: You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Will T. Ray and myself, Olay, part of Amp Power Media at AmpPyramedia.com. All right, last week, the Golden State Warriors beat the Boston Celtics in Game 6 of the NBA Finals, 103-90, to to become the NBA champs. Uh, Steph Curry was Finals MVP. Will T., thoughts on the Warriors winning it all, since you predicted it, right? I mean,
1: yeah, I did predict it. I mean, thank you for coming to me first, because I was the one who predicted, and I actually went back. And listen to our original show when we were predicting it, and I actually did say Golden State in six. Okay. But once Boston won, I <laughs> then I kind of I, I flaked, and then I crazy. went to um, Golden State in seven. <laughs> so technically, I did nail it. Um, you, did, you lost you confidence, did though. You just lost a
3: little
1: confidence. I, I don't say I lost. I didn't say I. Lo- I didn't say I lost confidence per se. I'm just saying that I I made a rash decision based on the information that was pre- presented to me um i mean we all do these things we all do right you know? we all do man yeah so i mean i still hold the title as Will Stradamus. oh god here we um, go um so i just want to put that out there Jesus but take the wheel, um the it, it, <laughs> <laughs> nah, it, it, it was it was it was a it was a it was a good series mm-hmm. um it was one of i think it's a one of those series where it uh kind of tapped into the general public, people who aren't die-hard sports fans or NBA fans, you know, they they took notice because of the two franchises that were included. We all know the history of the Boston Celtics, and you have this Warriors team who, um, over the past ten years, has been one of the more popular teams in the NBA and has continued to kind of grow their legacy as um, being a, a team for the, I don't know, for the, for the, for the, you know, for the late. 2010, late 2010s through the early 2020s. Um, Steph Curry deserved to win that title. Um, he did a, a fantastic job. You know, he had one of the, he, you know, one of the things that people mostly look for when giving a Finals MVP is they want that a guy to have like that game where he puts the team on his back. Yeah. And you know that 43 point game that, that he had, I believe. Huh? That was it. it was it.
3: You're right. That was it.
1: Yeah, that, and that was it. That's I think that, and then the way he responded in game six, the closeout game, you know, Wiggins had a good game, but he didn't have as strong as a game as Steph. Mm-hmm. So that, that really uh, clinched the um, finals MVP to him. So shout out to him. And I love, love, love the way that these guys are being extra petty and so pulling bloody. up all those receipts so of everything people have said about them. I love it. I love it.
4: It helps the league because... I don't like the culture today. Like Draymond Green had Jason Tatum on his podcast just a few months ago, and now you're walking close to him to the sideline like you're trying to be sort of a bully, even though you're just trying to be annoying. But still, it's not the same competitive nature, although we know the stories of Jordan playing guard with Danny Ainge and all. So maybe some of this stuff has been around for a while, but it just seems like today's jovial nature doesn't vibe well with some of the fans who remember the older days of the NBA. Anyway, but to talk about the NBA Finals, um, one thing is on on multiple platforms, I said the winner – of the NBA championship this year was going to be between Phoenix and Golden State. I said, whoever's coming out the West is going to win it. But I loved what Boston was doing because they built this from the ground up. They have two cornerstones along with Marcus Smart and bringing back Horford. I love what they were doing. So I rode with Boston in the finals. I changed my mind. I don't regret it. It's just turnovers did them in and fatigue. It's so amazing to watch Jason, T- Jason Tatum tire out because he's played so much basketball. If you include USA basketball as well, just over the course of the past two years, and then you watch Steph Curry, Just cont- I know he's had injuries, he had to sit out some, they missed the playoffs, well, they made the playing games. that count? <laughs> but still, when you watch the teams like Golden State make these long runs continuously, when you watch guys like LeBron James continuously make runs through the playoffs, it just, again, speaks to the level of conditioning that these guys are in. And Boston now, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown is going to step it up to another gear. I remember, Will, we had a discussion years ago. You were like, the the AAU grind, it it prepares people for the NBA. But I'm telling you, these long postseason runs are hard to sustain, especially when you're the lead dog. So fatigue definitely caught up, but the turnovers did a man. I said last week and the week before that, you can't turn the ball over against Golden State. They turn it into points, and they can hit you so hard, and that's the problem with what Boston did. They kept turning the ball over. I don't understand why there were no adjustments to prevent the amount of turnovers. We're talking about 23 in a, in a in a in a crucial closeout game, just unacceptable.
3: So so, my take on the series is that you know you 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 have you always have a team always has an opportunity to change the series. Steph you know had an opportunity to change the series in in game four, right? Will we talk about hit forty, right? So he changed the series yep. and, and the momentum. But there's also for, if I'm a Celtics if I'm a Celtics fan if I'm a Celtics player, you look at an opportunity in, in game five. Steph has a, a bad a bad game. He's not a good game. It was not a good game. Steph is off. You had this dude has been dominant for most of this series, but that game five he was off. You had an opportunity in that fourth quarter to make over to to take advantage of it and win the game in Golden State. You had this opportunity, and your start your best players were turning the basketball over, making bad decisions, missing shots, and that's when you're on the road. And we all know this. I'm not going to put it on the rope on the role players because that's easy, right? Role players are are supposed to play well. At home. On the road, you need, your dogs need to show up. And an opportunity, when Steph had that, Steph had a bad game, you had to take advantage of it. You had to, and you didn't. Um, so, to me, I, like even thinking about that, watching that game, I was like, you know what? If they go back to Boston. I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't be that confident for Boston. Because in the back of my mind, I was like, because I picked the Celtics, I was like, yeah, Celtics, you know, I was like, Celtics, they got a good chance. They still have a chance to win it. But in my back of my mind, in terms of knowing basketball – when the, their best player, the MVP of the series, has that bad game, you got to take advantage of it. That's like for, I, I'll go back and be as a youngster. Like if Jordan was off and the team still lost, like they still and the Bulls still beat a team if Jordan was off in the playoffs mm-hmm. in that game, and you and the oh, Bulls still beat you, true. you knew it was over. Like yeah. you knew it was over. Like because you got to take advantage of that game. Because Steph was Steph averaged what thirty plus in the series. He averaged thirty plus in the series, so you had an opportunity. He didn't make a single three, and it wasn't like Clay was Clay. Clay wasn't great. He was he was okay, but that was more of a team effort. Wiggins, you know, all of them played their role. But you, when Steph doesn't play his game, you had to take advantage of that. And once you lost that, to me, I was like, he's gonna play better in Game Six. So you're gonna get good Steph in Game Six, man. He ain't gonna be off. And if you can't beat that, then you know it looks kind of it looks kind of shaky
1: so i mean that having known that would you have changed your um prediction? <laughs>
3: what if i knew that if i knew that, if, if when having known what like in game five
1: yeah no i mean no because look we, we you know like the way game five played yeah, out right if we changed. had the show yeah yeah we yeah did we have we had the show before game
4: five right it was before or game
3: after. five it was before game five no no you're right yeah. i said it was over no 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 it was after Remember how it was after game it five? It was after
4: game five. And remember what I and said, though. We all though. thought it was going seven, though. But, after yeah, but, the, but even
3: remember what I said, though, I was saying a bunch of ifs, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't even confident after that show. <laughs> on, that, on that show. I wasn't even confident. I was like, you know what? If they were supposed to win, I said, I said Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, they have to be a dynamic dude. They duo. They have to have their best game in game six. I ain't say it was going to. I said they had to. I said Steph was going to be better. Yeah. I, told, I told you Steph was going to be better. I said Steph was going to be better.
1: Yeah, just and just to yeah, you were correct, Wale. He averaged thirty one point two points mm. um, during the NBA during the NBA Finals. Mm. So
3: I'm saying like yeah, I mean yeah, go ahead, go ahead. yeah, I mean
1: look, I mean hindsight is always twenty twenty. You know, I mean Wole, you you know after Game Five, if you had called it, you know you would be right, but <laughs> you, know, you didn't. So yeah.
3: hey, I'm just saying, man. Congrats to Steph, man. Congrats to him. Um, but I will – we want to ask another question. Let's get into it because we, we got to hurry, hurry to show up anyway. This this trio of Steph, Draymond, Clay, they have four championships. Where do you rank this one out of the four? Will, I'm going to start with you.
1: Uh, I think this was the best one out of the four um, just because um, that first one, when they won, when they were 67-15, and 15, everyone kind of – you know, as we – approached the playoffs everyone knew that this was a historic team right this this year um then you have the two with kd um let's just be honest like everyone knew that they were going they were the best team in the league with those two with kd even the one that they lost against toronto um but this one this was kind of unexpected and the the one and because of the work that all three of them put in to come back from injury and get this one with a relatively younger, um, some younger pieces around them, this was their best championship run to me.
4: Right, I'm going to go with the first one, actually. I don't think this one was the most impressive. I admire what Clay overcame to get to this point. But the first one I feel is is when, honestly, uh-huh. Steph and Draymond announced to the world that we've arrived. Draymond balled that year. He was hitting his open threes. He was actually a threat offensively more than he is now. I respect his role on the team, but I just felt like then he just played with this confidence that currently from an offensive standpoint he doesn't have. I think he's cool with the role he plays, and he said himself, I can be a superstar without having to score a lot of points. But this one, we knew they were gonna be competitive. We knew they had the band back together and they had so many young pieces. They had Kuminga. They play I mean, and Weissman didn't they even play. play. They play I'm all, just huh? saying, and then you had Jordan Poole, you had just a lot of just talent on the team that in that first year when they, when they went too, up against the Bargain, that's what I'm saying. And they didn't even play him. That's what I'm saying. This team is stacked. So I knew they were going to be competitive because, remember, when Steph went out, they, they, they had their stretches with and without Steph where they didn't play well and they lost games. I mean, that's going to happen during a long season. But the young guys played well. Again, Jordan Poole, Kuminga, Moody, these guys stepped in and played well. Like I said, Wiseman didn't even play. So Otto Porter. Auto Porter played well. I mean that's the perfect system for him. Yeah, if you ask it is me. Dope. It is, man. Shout out to for Porter, man. They played awesome, awesome brand of basketball all season with the pieces they had. So while this one was dope, and I'm sure it might be the most fulfilling for these guys, especially with Steph capping it off with the Finals MVP. For me personally, I believe the first one was the sweetest one for them.
3: On Twitter, all nerd earth, I mean, everything. <laughs> that's what's up, man. He said a uh, second. He has this as the second. Okay. He ranks as the second. He has the first. Uh, the first one as the. Of course,
4: the one. man. We, we always right uh, over here.
3: Uh, <laughs> That's fair,
4: but let me say this.
3: Stop it. <laughs> and, uh, the homie Cameron said it's a toss up between the first in yep. 2015 and this and this year. Okay. Um,
4: he, he's gonna be the mediator between Will and I. Yeah,
3: he's the mediator. You guys are. I mean, I, you know what? It's what well, I'm. I'm going to go. Actually, I'm gonna probably agree with Will. I'm saying this is the. This may be it. Um. Just because of what you mentioned, like Steph getting the MVP, and you know it's hard. This one's hard because they don't go against a LeBron. Like they're going against guys who haven't been guys who haven't been there before. So I don't know if it's harder because that the mentality. The of, I
4: got hurt. It's just I mean it's harder yeah. because
3: it's, it's. I don't know how to explain because this one is they're not. They're going against. I think they're going against a better. Okay, so team. a better team. Sure. Right. So, the, 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 for the, um, so, in terms of victories, absolutely, they're going against the absolutely. better team. But it's also a thing, though, and I think we all can agree, but when you got that guy that's intimidating, it does strike fear to a point it changes your whole game plan. You know what I'm saying? And like in this game, because you mentioned, like LeBron isn't turning the ball over 100 times, nope. right? He's not beating himself.
4: Nope.
3: But in this situation, you, got, you know, you got young dudes who are going to beat themselves. So it's hard. But like, I, I, do, I do say, in terms of Boston as a complete team, then I can see it. Like, I'm, I'm in between. LeBron, I ain't going to lie. LeBron bro. I'm is in a totally
4: different beast. We're talking about. I'm in between. Me. In that finals, in Kyrie between. was hurt. Matthew Dellavedova was the starting point guard. Yeah. Iman Shumpert and LeBron had them boys up 2 1 yeah. in that finals.
3: So it's, it's, it's harder. It's, it's definitely it's a tough one. I think I can see arguments on both sides, to be real with you, dog. It's, no right. it's no on wrong both sides. You know what I'm saying? Because cause when I look at it, I'm like, Boston's a better team. Like, I got young dudes who are hungry, but also they're not seeing LeBron. Like, they're not seeing that type of monster. They're not seeing, they're not seeing, like, just like, they didn't see Kawhi. You know what I mean? Like, they lost the Kawhi. You get what I'm saying? Like, they lost the Kawhi. They're not seeing dudes like that. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, it's hard. Like, I think this is definitely fulfilling because you got Steph. Steph went and getting his first MVP and playing well in the finals. Um, you had, um, like, like you mentioned, all these dudes were out. Clay was out. Steph was out for some time. Draymond was out for some time over the last couple years, couple seasons. And now they're all together, and they ran it back. You know what I mean? So I guess you could. For them, it probably feels like it's the best one. And also, I want to shout out to, like, y'all need to leave Kevin Durant alone. Him, why, y'all, why y'all mentioning Kevin Durant? They won a championship.
4: Draymond mentions him a lot. <laughs> he does. Yeah. He right. said even when Drake, even when KD was here, Steph was the guy, that, that type of stuff. Yeah. It's not even shots, though. He's just feeling like he's speaking facts on this guy. He's advocating for Steph. But at the same time, it brings KD into discussions that I feel like right now he doesn't even need to be part of. He'll need to be in of. this.
3: I'm saying? Right, Will? You, you, believe, you agree with that, Will? Why is KD
1: even yeah, I, yeah, I Yeah, I don't understand. I understand why people are trying to kind of bring KD into this because – Look, KD has been a troll over the past couple of years and people for some reason just hate him for a reason that I can't wrap my that I can't, you know, ascertain for lack of a better word. But um this should all be about, you know, Golden State. Um we should be celebrating uh Steph, Clay, and Draymond, this accomplishment, getting four titles. And also Steve Kerr.
4: Well, as I said to start the show, the NBA season is over and so is my sports <laughs> year right now. <laughs> but the show must go on. As that used to be. Well, no, still, our, our theme song, still all the show right. must go so on. We, yeah, we got to we gotta get it. Yeah, we got to get, get the one. But the show <laughs> does go on. Yeah, we got to get new one. Man. And as part <laughs> of our HBCU Corner <laughs> segment, we'll play our interview with me at Commissioner Sonia O. Stills after the break. You're listening to Urban Sports Team. For ages. For ages. All right. Your dig, I'll do your dig.
1: Deuces. On Empire right. Media, that's empiremedia.com.
2: Guys, are you looking for that extra confidence when it's time to have fun? Let me tell you about BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. BlueChew's tablets help men combat all forms of ED. Blue Chew is also an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part, all done online. Blue Chew's tablets, made in the United States, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code URBAN at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com promo code URBAN to receive your first month free.
3: You are listening to the urban sports scene with Wole and Ray, part of Empire Media at AmpireMedia.com. It's time for HBCU Corner. We have a treat for you. Right now, we have the Commissioner of the Mid-Eastern Atlantic Conference, I know that's the MIAC, Miss Anya Steels. Hello, Commissioner Steels, and welcome to the urban sports scene.
0: Well, hey, right. thank you for having me. I appreciate it. But we are the Mid Eastern Athletic
3: Conference. Sorry, sorry, Mid Eastern Athletic <laughs> Conference. I'm sorry. I'm used to saying. I'm sorry. Did I not hear
4: that right? Or have <laughs> I been saying it wrong? Mid Eastern so is a bank, you know. I, that we right. went it to the University
3: of right. Maryland Eastern Shore. I should, I should, I should know
4: you this. Should know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's stage right. You already know what it is. Yeah, you know what but, it is. But, but, uh, we, uh, we are, we we are so I'm happy to have you. I know,
0: I do, I do, you know, make people nervous. So yeah, <laughs> <I'm good.
4: laughs> It's all good, though. Like I said, we're happy to have you. We've had many guests as part of our HBCU Corner segment, and we always like to have a little fun when we get started. Uh-huh. And we ask about homecomings. You went to Hampton for um, graduate school, correct?
0: For graduate school, yes.
4: Okay, so, and you're currently, of course, the commissioner of the MEAC. Yep. So who has the best homecoming, in your opinion? Oh shoot.
0: (laughs) I gotta be neutral. I'm neutral.
3: Oh you know you 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 got two dudes who went to Eastern Shore now. Like come on. You went to UMS,
4: just keep keep that in mind.
0: I mean, low, let me tell you this though. I'm gonna tell you two things. One, UMS is like, and I tell this, I swear I just said that last week again, is my favorite place to visit it's a beautiful campus Campus, yes it is so peaceful it is i love it and and then here's the thing because you have soul food thursday and seafood Friday.
4: it's still there, it's
0: still there. Yes. Look,
4: <laughs> i gotta tell my wife that
0: every time they say you know you need to come on campus i make sure it's on a thursday or a friday because it is the best. I love. I'm. I promise you. I'm telling the truth. I love UMS. That is we still so got beautiful. the
4: turkey wings on, on Soul Food uh, Thursday because that's what we used oh, to Soulful. get all the time. Yeah. Mm. We used to get the turkey wings and gravy. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Look, it was the first time I had the um salmon salmon cakes for the first time I was at uh UMS. I, I'm so in love. So in love. That's why
4: Wole gained weight during college. This years. is so true.
3: I did. I I, yeah. That's what happened. I had a lot of weight during college.
0: Oh well, you know, because <laughs> I went to Old Dominion, a predominantly white institution. And and so, you know, it's a culture shock, you know, when when you go to go to a an HBCU and I remember freshman year at, at ODU. At the time, Hampton, Norfolk State didn't have a football field and used to play on ODU's campus. And they played Hampton and Norfolk State played. And me and my girlfriend dressed up in blue and white, just so we could pretend that we were walking with them. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of HBCU. But it it's it's an awesome, awesome different culture of of homecoming, you mm-hmm. know the way you dress, you know, you can't, you know, you just be going, throwing on something. No, at HBCU, you you got to be dressed to the nines. And I never understood that, you know, the working folks, you know, especially, you know, the cheerleading coaches, it's like, aren't you working? Why do you have heels on walking? And I, it's just all that different stuff. The bands it's, it's mm-hmm. like, it's such a different, homecoming family oriented type of feeling and everybody is having the best time it's wonderful so yes love h i'm not gonna say which one but i love (laughs) hbcu homecoming
4: we appreciate that. So you show love to UMES. Well, they, we already know we love uh, Hampton's homecoming. Hampton's we do. homecoming oh, we is love amazing. Homecoming. UMS used to have the spring homecoming, which made ours unique. That's why we felt like ours is up there in the discussion. But Hampton has an awesome, amazing homecoming. homecoming.
3: I, re- I remember the first time I went to Hampton. I remember the first time I went to Hampton's homecoming. It was a shock. I, I actually was. I wanted to stay. <laughs>
0: Now I've, now, I've went to, um when I go to the football games in the past, I've been to Morgan's and I was like, oh, my God, this thing, the, the cars, I mean, it was like, oh, my God, it's unique. Florida a and I often mm. say, everybody has their own <laughs> unique, different thing. I do, um, I do. But, it, I mean, the only one, oh, man, I was at South Carolina State. Man, I don't even, are y'all Greek?
3: No, we're not. Agree- we're not oh, agreeing.
0: I'm say, let me say, I'm a Delta. And mm-hmm.
3: My sister's a Delta. Delta. It, okay. My sister's a so Delta. So
0: I'm sure she knows about the Mega Oil. So right. you know, the, uh,
3: can't do it, man. <laughs> not supposed to do it. You not. No. Not <laughs> he don't know. He don't know. He don't know.
0: Some, some of my best friends <laughs> are on campus, I guess.
4: But so. <laughs> oh, you were
0: trying to do a pyramid. He was. <laughs> I was getting close. <laughs> You were
4: trying to do the rock. <laughs> to... I only held it up halfway. Yeah, I see. Because I
0: swear I thought you
4: were a Catholic. i was a diamond. Oh no, nah, see, you, you you being stereotypical now. You thought could, I was a cow. They, they're going to be exactly. So so we, we both exchange exchanged pleasantries on that one. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> so. They, oh, I funny. mean, they, they, I mean, the campers, I mean, the RVs, I mean, it was tremendous. And then Central. is So everybody has something that's unique and different to them. um, And it makes it special. It makes it special. It seems that everybody's having a great time, which is which is awesome. You always feel at home no matter where you go. And I love that.
4: Well, we're from D.C., so you got to come to Howard
0: that's the one place i have not been <gasps> really Mm-mm. and uh. you know back in my day i'm not gonna uh. say back in my day that was the place to be
1: yeah. um still and then later
0: in my life you know it was a and t goho oh. G-ho, you
4: know, G-ho. and i don't think i've been to goho
0: either so <laughs>
4: Yeah, I've been hearing a lot about ANCs. I might have to come. I might have to come out there one day. Nice We're gonna do our. We'll do our tour. Yeah, we yeah. should do a tour. So we talk about yeah, we'll homecoming
3: enough. We should do a tour. Yeah. This is true. So I mean, obviously, like there's a bunch of popular sports uh, within the me. I mean, the me athletic conference. So there's a bunch of you know sports, popular sports, sports teams. What is your, what is your favorite sport?
0: Oh my gosh, mm. oh. probably football. You know, football. Mm. I like it when, of course, when I'm at conference games, I you're neutral, so uh-huh. you can't you know be out there cheering, you know. Sometimes, <laughs> of course, you know, I forget, you know. I always be for the underdog, you know. So excited, <laughs> like, oh, you gotta calm down. But, um, but I think football, um, just because I like the atmosphere, got it. I like the atmosphere of it. Um, and there's it's more than just a game; it's like an event. You uh-huh. know, so I, I think I like that a lot. Of yeah, that and then I probably my second one would be bowling, okay? Because who would
1: think
0: that we have with bowling, and the, yes. the fact that we um, were one of the first conferences that started bowling, um, and we are one of the top conferences in it, and so, um, we have uh, like five teams that are nationally ranked currently. Um, And three, I would say, three national championships. So with UMES leading the way,
4: <laughs> absolutely.
3: Yeah. So yeah, no, yeah, I, we our bowling squad. Well, Ray, when, when we just when they we were good. To leave, when we
4: were there. They were good. And they we were, were born. Well. Isn't that
3: when we were about to leave though? <laughs>
4: Uh, my senior year, they won a national championship. Two thousand three, yeah, definitely. So yeah. My, oh, yeah, my yeah. senior year. Don't do that. I know what you. I know what you meant by that. Don't do
3: that. Don't throw shade. Don't do that to me. So you we got there the We got there the same time. Years. But I know what you're trying to do there. I know exactly what you are trying to do there.
0: Yeah, that was Coach Sharon Brumell. She she brought it home. Yeah, such such great talent. So. All right.
3: All right, we can go right into like the you know the now the serious part of the interview. Okay. okay? The Now All the right. serious part. I'll try. All I'll, right. I'll try. <laughs> so, so on January 1st, you became the MIAC commissioner, becoming the first female commissioner in the conf- in the conference history, as well as the first commissioner of Division I HBCU conferences. Um how, what does this achievement mean to you?
0: It is it means a lot. You know, I never would have thought I would be in this position. Um and honestly if you asked me years ago and people had asked me years ago i would have said absolutely not you know who wants 11 bosses i only i have enough with one boss dealing with that and i just wanted to just my whole career is just focusing on the job at hand and and staying centered where my feet were you know and not looking too much ahead i uh, just thought i just planned on hopefully retiring in the MEAC and couldn't, I could be the secretary, I could care less. You know, I just wanted to, to focus on doing the work. And so, but Dr. Thomas could care less of what I wanted. Um, he continued to, you know, uh, shape me and, and, and mentor me and, and challenge me. And, and that's the, the main thing, challenged me, constantly with challenges and challenges. Um, and this is just another challenge. Um, And I could see, you know, being here 19 years, could see where the conference can go and having a separate vision from him and then having that opportunity to make it come to life. So I'm thrilled, you know, I'm excited, I'm, you know, a little nervous, anxious, but, you know, it's, it's, it's tremendous to be able to have a vision and you have people who buy into that and that we can go there together.
3: And speaking of vision, you do have a vision in terms of which is to me is original um, about esports. You have a vision of an esports um initiative. Can you talk about that as well in terms of what you hope that this can do for the MEAC?
0: Yeah. So you know when we got into esports, it was during of course with COVID. Uh-huh. You know, and what we wanted to do was find a, another revenue stream and it didn't involve that way and so the presidents actually wanted esports to be a conference initiative right. and so from there it's like okay you know we wanted to be where esports majors and you know classes would come out of that and then addition what we did was build an esports community you know that had Uh, or continue to have representatives from each of the campuses that serve on this committee um, and to help build where we're going. So it started out um, just getting students aware that esports is on the campus, that you can play as a team. So it's it's taking a casual player and turning them into a team player that doesn't Mm want to play for money, but want to play for the win. And so that that has been um one of the the greatest challenges which is nothing unique than any other conference that's trying to start esports. Uh-huh. Um but we have evolved into this past year having two conference seasons, you know, in the spring and the fall with Howard winning both um Mm-hmm. Seasons and, and Morgan State right against their heels. Um, and, you know, giving out trophies is it, like you could not envision that where we started to where we are now. Um, and um, you got these teams. Everybody has their own jerseys, you know, so they look like a team. Um, And we want to become a varsity esports hbcu varsity esports conference so that's where we're moving so you know we have out of the eight institutions five of them have esports labs um three we're trying to work to have them so that everybody's on an equal playing field um and then we'll continue to do that to that invite other schools who want to be a part of the mead community um, as well, which, you know, we have inquiries, but, you know, we want to make sure that we got our eight together and ready to roll as we continue. And we actually still have Florida A M and m who has has continued to be a part of our community. Um, and we welcome, mm. you know, all who want to um, mm-hmm. continue mm-hmm. to to grow and as we continue to expand which games that we do. And the thing about it is we look to the students to ask what games you want to play. Uh-huh. So it might not be call of duty that, you know, the major, uh, oh, a major, but that's out there that leagues are playing. It could be among us. It could be, mm. you know, it could be rocket league is a big thing for us or, you know, it, it's specific to what they want to play. Um, so that's how we move. So, but I can't wait till we get to that piece that is like we make that announcement that we are officially a varsity HBCU
1: conference.
4: That is awesome. And it's a perfect segue because I was getting ready to ask you there's some obvious challenges, COVID included, some of mm-hmm. what you just mentioned, too small conference, A schools. But how proud are you of the recent successes for the MEAC? Uh, including the growth and evolution of golf at Central and and Howard. Howard and Morgan being featured during NBA All-Star Weekend, South Carolina State's victory in the Celebration Bowl. Um, Just to name a few, there's also more pro football prospects coming from MEAC schools. Norfolk's been just representing for the MEAC in the NCAA tournament the past two seasons. How proud are you of the accomplishments in spite of just some ongoing difficulties, which is normal for a commissioner of any conference, not let alone the MEAC?
0: Right. It's, you know, it's, I saying, it's a great time to be a part of the MEAC. You know, mm-hmm. if, if, you know, it's strange because, you know, we've had, you know, the rumors of, you know, schools leaving or, you mm-hmm. know, the MEAC should fold like a tent. I'm not going to say who said that, but, <laughs> um, but, you know, it's a great time because of the athletic accomplishments that we've had in the conference. Um, and if, people begin to look at um where we are where we've been how we continue to be successful despite institutions who have left we're still moving you know and we'll continue to move because we have eight strong institutions not only athletically but academically you know we still have because of our partnerships with the the nfl um you have those opportunities for our students to get looked at you know the NFL has a special HBCU combine to Mm -hmm. ensure that our students are getting looked at in addition to that with the um, careers in the NFL of having students opportunity to find those jobs off the field um and where they can grow um golf oh my gosh you know with Steph Curry you know getting um and starting the program at, at Howard what a tremendous success that is and that's a tremendous legacy that he leaves behind when you think about those you know people get on the HBCU train since the you know with social injustice and unfortunately with, mm-hmm. um, George Floyd being murdered you know everybody wants to come and just throw money at HBCUs but are you leaving a legacy that's going to continue? And Steph Curry definitely has done that. He can walk away and look, this is what he's left and it continues to go forward. And the, the oh my gosh, the students are, they're so successful um, mm-hmm. with that, with, with uh, Gregory Odom Jr., you know. All Howard, yes. So, you know, that's amazing. And then when Central, you know, they, Central started their, their golf program reinstated I think in 2000 and they are just like boom in the last couple of years you know and and it's great not only for the institutions but it's great for the conference um as as they continue to do well the way they continue to brand the conference as long as with their institutions and puts a spotlight on You can come to an HBCU and still get the recognition that you deserve um, regarding your talents and your skills. So, yes, with with the Celebration Bowl, South Carolina State doing well, Norfolk State. And by the way, when I was at ODU, my play play place was Norfolk State. But anyways, um, I literally
4: say no. I literally say no for Uh, uh,
0: <laughs> my place. so um so yeah so you know great success you know when you looked at the the run that it took to get to the celebration bowl like during the sea I thought Norfolk State was going to get there um and it's just it just speaks to the competition in the conference it always has a strong competition in the conference um mm-hmm. and will continue to do so um so you know with the continued success that our, our, our teams are doing, um, it just further solidifies what the strength of the conference is. We're a strong, athletic, competitive conference.
4: I just want to comment real quick, Wole, vale, I know you got the next question for her, but we've, we had Sam her year on our show, and he just glows about Gregory Odom. I mean, his name is just being elevated in the golf world and i'm so excited for him and just hbcus howard is like our adopted school like i said not just because where we from but just our partnership with them as we continue to highlight hbcus on on our show so Mm -hmm. i'm just excited that you mentioned him and yeah keep pushing that brother
0: absolutely absolutely that's that's part of of my vision is got to tell our story Who knows better about our story than us? So we got to tell that story Um, and and all this talent that we have. And it's not always centered around basketball and football. It's also within our Olympic sports. And so we have to continue to do that. And one of the things that we did for the first time in our history was to um, broadcast tennis. Men's and women's tennis never has been done before. um, And to be able for their parents and their family and their friends to see them. Play is tremendous.
3: I love tennis. Ray knows that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
4: Yeah, hey, we that. play. I wish I played at UMES. That's sure. our biggest I wish regret. I some free books.
0: You right. Know. <laughs> <All> right.
3: <laughs> well, all right. The, the conference has made strides in sports such as we mentioned golf, bowling, and men's mm-hmm. basketball. Yep. Uh, does that change the level of focus on, on the sport of football, which is vital to many, in many ways?
0: Absolutely not. As you know, with HBCUs, you know the the football and basketball, the revenue sports help support uh-huh. the whole athletic department. And mm-hmm. so, now, um, you know, we want to help elevate the other sports so that they're on an equal standing as basketball and and, and football. football. Um, football will co- is just a, a, another beast on its own. It uh-huh. will continue to to be on the forefront of everything that we do um just because they're like to out, athletics in general is like the front porch to the university wow. um and because uh, football is more i guess widely right. acceptable everybody wants to you know see football they're always going to be that leader um wow. for for the for conferences in general Um, so they will continue to to do what they do and continue to shine a light on the conference and their institution. But when we do, we just started last year, a countdown to kickoff, um, FCS, one of the first FCS, um, pregame shows, um, for football, but this gave us the opportunity, not only to show football, but also to show the other sports. Um, mm-hmm. like when we went to South Carolina state showcasing um judge Hart Hargrave Hargrave, Lord oh, Jesus that is not his name <laughs> <laughs> Judge Hardeep,
1: mm-hmm. who
0: has been their um tennis program mens and women, has been the strongest they have a
3: great program, tennis program right they do have a great program
0: uh-huh. that gives us the opportunity to highlight um what they're doing on their campus you know and it's different and if football can allow us that opportunity to tell the stories of what's going on in the other um, sports and that's what we want to do.
3: I oh, they have Absolutely. a great program. Yeah. I think Norfolk State has a good program too as well. Norfolk
0: State um, uh-huh. and Morgan State right yeah. up there with them as well uh-huh. yeah. So it's 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 very competitive. Um, so we want to show that. We definitely want to show that.
4: So you mentioned earlier your vision for the the Miag. Mm-hmm. What are, in your opinion, some of the biggest obstacles to achieving your vision?
0: Wow, I think one of the, I think one of the obstacles would be, I think the outside forces of not getting, not, I, I guess. The perception, the perception of if you have institutions leaving your conference Mm. that, you know, that the conference is weak, that the conference is about to fold. So you you are constantly battling those type of perceptions um, to say that we are fine, you know, we're strong. Um, and so that you don't have alumni or, or, you know, boards of trustees who become antsy because, oh my God, we have to leave because they left and Mm -hmm. it's, we're fine. There's no reason to leave. Um, and you have to look at those, when you look at that, having, doing your right research, and, and, and actual betting to see that the, the MEAC is a great place to be, you know, with our partnership with ESPN. You know we' mm-hmm. already we're on a national platform, and we'll continue to look at other opportunities that that put us on um, other you know platforms that continue to, to help brand the institution. Um, we're one of the uh, only FCS conferences that give our institutions revenue. Distribution at the end of the um, academic year, mm. you know, um, so we have revenue that's going back to to our institutions, you know, whether that's through NCAA basketball money or um, through our corporate partnerships, you know, we reinvest um, in in our conference in our institutions because, of course, we're lower resource institution institutions, and the fact that we are um, the conference has always been on a shared model, you know, what's good for one should be good for all, how we all can grow together. Um, And and so that's how we share in the revenue amongst the members. Um, So, you know, academically, you know, we share in the same mission. Um, You know, we have uh, higher research institutions within the conference. And when you look at, you know, institutions who have left, they raise the academic profile of the conferences that that went into. Um, Mm. And so, you know, when you have to actually look at and vet, you know, why are you leaving? What's the real reason why why are you leaving the conference? Because we're a great place to be. And Mm. so we'll continue to work on um, our strength, our values. We've just finished our strategic and long range plan. So we're all going towards a shared vision. Because I can have my own vision, but if we don't have a shared vision, we're not going anywhere. Um, and so that's the most important. Having the commitment of all eight presidents and chancellors is is tremendous. And and the presidents and chancellors are very engaged. You know, we have um Dr. Wilson, who's sh- who serves on the Division I Board of Directors and the NCA Board of Governors. We have Dr. Um Jay from Norfolk State, Dr. Javon Adams-Gaston, who served on the NCAA Constitutions Committee as well as now currently serving on the Division I Transformation Committee as where Division I is going to be. Um, And then you talk about Dr. Um, Wayne Frederick from Howard, who currently serves on the Knight Commission and who led the conference through COVID Um, Mm. and, you know, spoke to Congress in regards to you know, name, image, and likeness, and its effects on HBCUs. Wow. And then Dr. Um, Tony Allen, who serves, serves on the Biden administration wow. um, committees, you know, specifically, and then, you know, it's so much of how these presidents are really engaged in athletics and conferences and how we can stay um, strong Together, um, and I am extremely honored that they believe in me to to help move the conference forward. I'm I'm humbled, um, but I'm excited because I have that support to be able to do what I need to do um, to to help us all.
4: I appreciate the reassurance because right. everything you're saying. Is so relevant because of all the stories that float around. Well, uh-huh. like you can attest. I posted yeah. on social media that said we gotta save the Miac just because everything I was hearing, like, uh-huh. you know, it can't, the Miac can't be going away. <laughs> We've been talking on I don't know how many shows about how the MIAC could change, how it could grow. And I'm just thankful to hear that. I, that's all I wanted to tell you. Yeah. I don't have any more questions for you, but we gotta do a part two. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say.
0: You know, I I'm glad you said that because I what it disturbs me is that there are only Five historically black conferences, why would you want one to go away? Uh, hmm. why would we want to continue to try to pull down when there are only two division one conferences you uh, know what great way for the competition that we've had with the the swag, the camaraderie uh, you know and we'll we continue to work together we you know all us HBCU commissioners are working on ways that we can do things together because we need to um, take back the HBCU name, you know, Mm -hmm. take back, you know, the from third body promoters and everybody who wants to do something. But how what can we do together that's going to benefit our institutions, bring back revenue to our institutions um together because if one of us succeeds we all succeed um and so what we don't want to do is to get watered down you know we have a rich historical culture a legacy that we are here for a purpose we started for a purpose uh, to provide those opportunities for for african americans and now we're so diverse for you know for all why would we want to tear down an a institi- uh, conference? You know, why everybody to come help and save HBCU conferences as a whole?
3: So true, so true. So I'm, I'm looking at this, I'm looking at the sign on, on the back of your wall that says women supporting women.
0: Yes, don't look and at the trash right, right here because I, you know, I got my, <laughs> I got my Amazon, right. so, you know.
3: And to-, so, right? <laughs> and to me, you're a trailblazer. And so there's a, and there's you know, being the first to anything, you're, tra- you're a trailblazer. And mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a young girl out there or a girl who's like, you know, in college or, or striving to be in this type of position. What would you tell that individual about, you know, how to achieve this goal and to do what you, like what you have done? You know what I mean? Because again, you're looked to, to, upon that person to me as a, as a, as a, as inspiration. So you're inspirational. So what would you tell that young lady? Thank you.
0: Um, I would say get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, you have to continue to push yourself, um, get out there and network. One, I am an introvert, introvert, extrovert, I guess I could say. But, you know, in being in places where I have to have somebody with me in order to be able to function, mm-hmm. you know, getting out of that mode of mm-hmm. being able to, to get out there, introduce yourself get the, you know, tell your story. Um, and which is important is to be able to communicate where, what you want to do, uh, where you want to go, because you never know who you're talking to and how they're connected. and And that's how, my career started it was based on relationship and connections and being able to say this is what I want when I became um when I started out I was the um in grad school and back then I'm not gonna tell you back when <laughs> um there weren't a lot of academic support programs uh-huh. in the area. So I was sitting at my internship at ODU and I was sending out letters to the various colleges in the area saying, I want to start your athletic academic support program. Uh-huh. Well, at, Dr. Thomas at Hampton, had <laughs> he called me and mm-hmm. then we played phone talk, tag and he never called me again. And so I was uh-huh. like, oh, so I had to find, which is one thing I should have called again. Um, but I I was like, oh, what am I gonna do? And then a friend of mine in um in my class said the dean of women is looking for an assistant, and I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. I want to interview with her, and it just so happened that her aunt used to babysit me. Wow, in a military family, wow. and so mm-hmm. I was like, so she hired me, and wow. so loved the job. And her boss, the vice president of student affairs asked me, how do you like the job? And I said, like, Oh, I love it. Because one thing you want to do is when you get in a job, you need to be where your feet are planted, work that job um, and not be so you're in the job, but you are already working towards the next one. So you're not really giving it your all. And so I asked, I said, like, Oh, I love what I do. I said, but it's not what I want to do. What I want to do is start an athletic academic support program. It just so happened that he was the chair of the athletic certification committee who set up an interview for me to meet with Dr. Thomas. And then Dr. Thomas hired me to start the athletic
3: Wow! God God is good. So
0: (laughs) when I I say that, you have to be able to, one, have a good work ethic, work great at what you're doing currently because people Mm -hmm. watch you. And then when you get that opportunity, tell people what you really want to do, where you want to go. And it's fortunate, I've been truly blessed because Dr. Thomas, when he left to become the commissioner of the MEAC, about two months later, he called and said, it's time for you to get paid for what you're worth. And so, and I'm like, yeah, because I was living with my sister. My favorite meal was romaine noodles and broccoli. Okay. (laughs)
1: So...
0: And, I, and, it, and it was Greensboro. So I would have been the first time I ever left the area, left my family. And I said, he said, the only thing I got is a compliance, director of compliance. And I was like, I don't even like compliance, but I'm coming. And so from there, I never asked for a raise. I never asked for um, a promotion. They just came because all I did was focus on getting the work done. And so that's how I moved up. The only thing that he asked me about, the commission, I was like, no, but he could care less. But, you know, everything came. He consistently challenged me. So I never turned down a challenge. You know, it's easy to say, no, I'm not going to do this. And and, no, I don't want to do that. And that was part of the reason why he asked me to come. And there would be individuals from Hampton would say, hey, Tell him I want to come work here as well, and he was saying, "He's like, no, nah, I'm not gonna bring them here because when I asked them to do something, they didn't want to do it. They were, you know, and people think that their their job is à la carte. Well, I'm gonna do this, but you gotta pay me for this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But you forget about the last line in your job responsibilities that says other duties that's assigned." Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You know, every doesn't, you know, nothing comes with extra money. It's either you want to do it to get better, to learn experience, because that's how you're going to move up. Uh-huh. Um, And so that's what I did. Accepted the challenges as as we move forward in my career. Um, But you have to be able to say, this is what I want to do. Keep focused and get comfortable with being uncomfortable.
4: Awesome. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That applies to hey, so attention. many things in life, they got, they got to take notes. I took notes, and I'm not a young female, that's what yeah. you asked for, right? Yeah, yeah.
3: we got to see where we got to take notes for this for you know for, for HBCU Corner, man. This is what it is, we got to do it for this too. Oh, yeah,
4: <laughs> most definitely.
3: Well, like Ray said, we got to have a, a part two because you are a, a dope individual. Like, oh, we have wow. that. Be back. Yeah.
0: thank <laughs> you. I had a great time, so you know, I love to laugh and uh, anything. We have a great conversation. I'm open.
3: Well, we appreciate you. Thank you for being on thank HBCU Corner. Is there anything you would like to add before we let you go?
0: Um, wow. No, other than stay focused on the MEAC, support us, um, help us move forward together. And look, if you got a suggestion, let me know. <laughs> great. All right.
3: Well, thank you so much for being on HBCU Corner and keep doing Thanks the great again. work.
0: Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. And You keep doing what you're doing.
1: Appreciate
3: you. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Hey, let me add Commissioner dope? She's awesome. Hey, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, Tune iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, follow us on Twitter at Urban Sports Scene, IG at Urban Sports Scene, and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Don't forget to subscribe to our Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. Check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene, Empire Media, at AmpireMedia.com. And this show can be found on Podcast DC. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Amp Empire shows, as well as other great content. Again, appreciate everybody for tuning in. We're going to do it again next week. You've been listening to the urban sports scene for ages. Yiddick Deuces, a mega. Do me a favor, brother. Lead us out, big homie.